Ooh, is this thing on now? Okay, cool. That was quite an introduction. I don't know, I'm, I don't think I'm going to be able to live up to that. Uh, but thank you, that, that meant a lot. And yeah, I love being in that threefold with those guys because, you know, they may be a little older than me, but at heart, I think they're just as young, if not younger. So, um, and they're, they teach me so much. I love being in that, in that threefold. So, let me make sure I got my water first so that I can keep my throat nice and lubricated. <clears throat> this is my first sermon. Never done this before, but like Kurt said, I have done plenty of acting in the past. And I'll tell you a little more about that later. But um, first off, I wanted to talk a little bit about Kurt's sermon from two weeks ago. So now, if you guys were here and you heard that sermon, it was amazing. And it just painted this completely different picture of what it means to be a man and what it means to be a godly man. He did this illustration where he brought some guy up on stage and, uh, and he reenacted that biblical story where uh, the sinful woman cries at Jesus' feet and anoints his feet and how utterly dependent she is on him for everything and how she recognizes the brokenness in her and how she needs Jesus for everything. And how the Pharisees, the ones, you know, the guys standing up there, well, does Jesus know who that girl is? If he knew, he wouldn't be letting her do that. And I just loved that illustration. I thought that was so key and so important. It totally changed my perspective of what it means to be a man. And then just last week, Kurt gave him this other incredible sermon where it talked about the differences between men and women and, you know, how guys compartmentalize and women are the spaghetti and how everything's all connected and how what we as men, we've been put in a position in relationship to our wives that is not one to be lorded over them. It's one that bends a knee, and it's one that's humble, and it's one that, that brings ourselves to their level and tries to understand what they're thinking and how all this connected love works, because we don't get that, and we can learn from them. There's so much that we can learn from them. And I think that those two sermons have been playing out in my life for the last five years. And so that's a little bit of the story that I want to share with you, and that's where we're going today. So, did anyone here watch the Oscars last weekend? Did anyone see that? Oh, yep, Greg. All right, cool. Nice. Well, this was probably the, the first time that Catherine and I didn't watch the Oscars but you know how those speeches go. They're, they're always the, oh, well, thank you so much. I couldn't have done this without these other people, and yada, yada, yada. And they always take too long, and then they always get booted off by the music. And uh, there's always inevitably that person that gets up on stage that says, this was my dream. This is my dream coming true right here, right now. This Oscar, getting this award, getting this achievement, this is my dream coming true. I believed it all my life. I fought for it. And you too, if you just believe, if you believe hard enough in your dreams and you seek after them as hard as you can, they can be yours. You can have this. You can be here. And that sounds so good, and it sounds so right. It sounds so believable. And I think we as Christians especially, you know, we, ha we have that faith, and so we want to believe that, yeah, if you just believe hard enough, it'll happen. That dream, I can achieve my dream if I just believe hard enough. But it's not always true. Not everyone gets an Oscar. And not everyone gets the things that they dream for. But I think God's been really showing me something incredible in this. And 
he's been walking us through this journey that, man, he's been showing me that there's just, there's a better way. And it's not about my dream at all. But before I go into all that, you got to understand a little more about me. As Kurt mentioned, uh, you know, acting, it's something that I've done a lot of. I actually went to performing arts college. Growing up, uh, we definitely, I was involved in a very creative family. Uh, my, my dad, my mom, very creative, very smart people. My brothers, all very creative. And we actually would, uh, <laughs> I remember a time when we acted out that scene from Rocky IV where Ivan Drago and Rocky Balboa are fighting. And I was Rocky, and my brother was Ivan. And uh, we, we acted this out in front of our parents, and we acted out to the music. And it was so much fun, and I loved it. And in high school, I started doing drama, and I started getting more involved there. And so I started to let my dreams kind of get away with me. And I started thinking, well, gosh, maybe this is what God wants me to do. Maybe he wants me to be that famous guy. He wants me to be up on stage one day winning an Oscar. And so I actually started writing a speech. I started writing my acceptance speech of what it would be like, you know, if I, if I got up there, this is what I would say. And I don't remember any of the details, but I do remember thinking, well, if I ever get there, I'm certainly going to give the glory to God. I'm certainly going to tell the world that it's, it's all about God. Now, you know, I don't, I don't know if I ever really believed that that dream was going to happen. It was just, it was a nice dream, though. And I, I think there was a part of me that believed it. But over the last few years, again, God's just been showing me that there's a better way. There's something that's so much bigger. And let me just make sure that I'm getting my notes here correct. Yeah, a way that I'm living out right now and that is way, way better than any Oscar. Because it's not really my dream. It's about his dream for me. And it's about finding out what that dream is for me. And does anyone think that God's dream would be smaller than your own? So that's where we're going. That's uh, what we're doing today. And um, I can't wait to share all the details. Um, so now I think uh, Kelly Tompkins. Thank you, man. Yeah. Jesse picked out who was going to be praying today. So this is awesome. Thank you, Kelly, for praying. Father, we just come before you today, and we want to thank you for this opportunity to, uh, to, get, to gather and, and to learn more about you. And, and Lord, we ask that you bless the ladies away on their retreat today and, and all the guys playing hooky. And, and Lord, um, I just ask you to lift up my mom's old church out there in Woodenville and, and uh, keep everybody safe today in Jesus' name. Awesome. Amen. Thanks, Kelly. Okay, so, now that whole Oscar dream stuff, yeah, I kind of figured that's probably not going to happen, but I had other dreams that I thought, well, surely they could happen. Surely they're real. I had a dream about having a family. I had a dream about finding that perfect woman that was just right for me, and that we'd get married, and we'd travel the world. I had dreams that we'd have kids. You know, maybe a bunch of kids. Maybe like my family, we'd have five or six kids. Be awesome. Maybe those kids would have kids, and I'd be a grandparent. And then I would, you know, dress up as Santa Claus at Christmas and be all goofy and fatherly to these kids. I just, you know, it's, it's, it's a good dream, right? It's a good, wholesome dream. It's not so much about me. It's about a family. It's about love. It's about coming together. And that's a good dream. It's an achievable dream. It's something that a lot of people get. 
I know not everybody gets that. And, you know, of course, my heart goes out to you if that's something that you want and you're not getting it, you know. My heart goes out to you. <laughs> but what if I were to tell you that what God's plan is and what God wants and God's way is better than even that? Now, of course, I know that God loves family. God loves, he wants us to multiply. He wants us to have that. He wants us to be in relationship with each other. But there's just, there's been this amazing thing that's been going on the last few years, and just this week, preparing this sermon, that I learned something so extraordinary that I know came from God, and it is so much better. So now let me tell you a little bit about my wife, Catherine Grace who is now blushing and looking down and embarrassed because I mentioned her name. (laughs) She is so wonderful, and I am so in love with her, and I fall more in love with her every single day. We've been married for over seven years, going on eight, and it's been wonderful. I mean, the first few years that we got married, especially, it was just like, wow, we have the whole world in front of us, and, you know, we all, we had our health and great job, and everything just seemed like, Stars were aligned. Everything's perfect. It's great. But then about five years ago, something happened that just utterly changed our lives. And it didn't seem like it at the time. But uh, back in 2009, January, we were rehearsing for a play together. We were doing Little Women. She was really good in that role, too. It was awesome. And... uh, and she, she was getting over this cold, or maybe it was a flu or something, and she had this really bad cough. And so during rehearsal, she was trying to suppress it. She was trying not to cough, trying not to disturb things. And then in the middle of a scene, she would just cough, and you, know, you could tell she was trying so hard not to. But when she would cough, it was really bad. It was a strong, burly cough. And one of them was so bad that she just felt something, something snap, something break, something tear. But whatever it was, it was super painful. She was crying, and she just said, I can't do this. We've got to get out of here. And I said, of course, sweetie, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's take you to the doctor. So we, so we took her to the doctor, and uh, they said it was probably a cracked rib. And we thought, all right, well, there's not a lot that you could do for a cracked rib. But um, I guess, you know, it'll be painful. It'll suck. But she'll get through it. It'll get better. So somehow she got through the show. She was able to do that. She took an ace bandage and wrapped it up to hold this rib to support it. She did an amazing job. No one in the audience knew that she was going through pain. But after the show, the rib wasn't getting better. And weeks started going by, and we started seeing more doctors. I don't remember when she first started therapy, but that didn't seem to work either. And so then six months into this thing, six months of a rib that is painful, that is hurting her to breathe, we go to this doctor who sees that, oh, well, the rib is actually physically displaced. We need to pop that thing back in there. So he popped it back in. And I thought, well, great, he found the problem. Now it can start healing. Now it can start getting better. But it didn't. In fact, it seemed like things started getting worse. So it wasn't just this rib anymore. Now her, her jaw, something, whoa, sorry. <laughs> Use the other side. Her jaw started really hurting, and she started getting all this pain in her jaw. And then it wasn't just this one rib, it was another rib. 
And we started seeing that her body was compensating for this rib not being in the right place and not healing up properly. And it was one injury after another after another. And none of them were healing up. None of them were getting better. And doctors didn't know what was going on. They couldn't tell us what was wrong. Some even thought, well, you know, maybe, she, maybe she's dealing with a lot of stress. I don't know. But it wasn't stress. Each one of these injuries, it was very real and very painful. And it was stopping her from doing all kinds of things. And so, as the years went on, yeah, years, as the years went on with this, I started getting really discouraged. She was getting so discouraged. And uh, we finally got a diagnosis of what's going on. And the diagnosis wasn't a good one. She has something called EDS, Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. It's a genetic condition and simply put, it means that her body doesn't produce connective tissue right. So the stuff that keeps the bones together, that keeps stuff aligned, the stuff that keeps muscle and all of these things connected in her body, that tissue doesn't work for her. It tears so easily. It breaks so easily. And once it does break, once it stretches, once it, once it tears, it doesn't heal back right. So when the doctor popped that rib back into place, of course it wasn't going to stay. Her body couldn't hold it in place. And of course her body started compensating because it couldn't hold all the other ribs in place. I mean, everything's connected. And her jaw, and her arm, and then her hip. And it's just one thing after another, stopping her from doing things, stopping her from... She can't sit in certain chairs, most chairs. She can't sit in a car seat for very long. She can't fly. She can't sit on a plane. Can't reach for things. There's lots of things. So after dealing with this for three years, I think you can understand that I was questioning God a lot. I started wondering if God's even real. How in the world could he possibly allow that to happen? I mean, if you know my wife, she is the most incredible person. She is a godly person. She's so in love with God. And she just does things so right. You know those people that just do things right, that just live their life the right way? And you just think, wow, I wish I could do that. That's her. How could God allow this to happen to her? What did she do to deserve this? Where's God in all this? And what about her dreams? She wanted to help people. She wanted to be an occupational therapist. How can she be an occupational therapist when her own body's falling apart? How can she help other people? Therapists, they need to be able to hold people. They need to, be, they need to have strength. So as I'm questioning all of this, and as I'm seriously doubting God, thinking that now, maybe he's not real, maybe Jesus isn't real, maybe all this Bible stuff is just, how can it be? How can it be real if this is happening? And I started realizing that my my prayers were getting very monotonous. My prayers started being just, well, God heal her, God heal her, God heal her, God heal her, God heal her. But now think about all this. What does this mean for us having a family? 
What does it mean for us having kids? Yeah, I was questioning God a lot. So I would still keep praying. God heal her, God heal her, God heal her. Continued to doubt. And I was like that for probably a good six or seven months. And, um, and then it was a holiday season, and this church does an incredible Christmas Eve service. If you haven't ever been there, it's wonderful. We all sing songs. We, we praise God. And then at the end, we turn out all the lights, and we start lighting candles so that nothing else is on. There's no electricity in the room. It's all just these candles, and we sing Silent Night. And it's such a beautiful moment. And I was there about two years ago. Catherine wasn't. She had to stay home. Couldn't do it. And I was praying as usual, God, heal heal her. Please heal her. Please heal her. Please heal her. And then in the middle of that prayer, I felt like I suddenly got this strong interruption and a question just popped into my head. And it was the weirdest thing. But the question, it wasn't just words. It felt like it was something like there was an emotion attached to it. Like, you know when your parents, they want to tell you something really, really important? And it's so important that they want you to focus on it. And they, they just, they almost want to, you know, shake you by the shoulders and say, listen, listen, listen to what I'm trying to tell you. This is important. That's how it felt when this question popped into my head. And you know what the question was? Do you want her to be everything I created her to be or not? And it was... so humbling. And I remembered feeling like, wow, all I've been doing is praying for her to heal, and I didn't pray. I didn't ask. I didn't listen. I wasn't listening to what God was trying to do. I wasn't paying attention to what he was trying to do. All I wanted was her to heal. All I wanted was for her to be better. But you mean to tell me that God actually has a better plan than just miraculously healing her? Well, he certainly grabbed my attention. And suddenly, my faith began to reform. And I started realizing that all this isn't pointless. It isn't just worthless suffering. And yeah, maybe our dreams are falling to the wayside, but maybe there's something better. God wants her to be everything that he created her to be. So I started praying more. I started listening to God more. And the prayers started getting more, you know, conversational. Not so much just, Please heal her, God. Now, yes, every single day I still, I ask, I ask God to heal her every single day. And I still, I, I of course believe that God can heal her. Of course. And if that's his will, God bless it. I hope it, I hope it happens. But I know God's got something better and that this isn't valueless. There's purpose there. So what's interesting is just a couple weeks ago, before I knew that I was doing this sermon, I was talking to a friend of mine down, uh, in Portland, he's one of our test partners, and he's a writer, and he, he writes these short stories. And he told me this idea for a new concept, and I just thought, wow, that sounds so cool. So it starts off where there's, there's this guy, and in his work, in his profession, he works with tech stuff, new technology. And this particular technology is all about this um, holographic stuff, and it, uh, it's, it's got this really high refresh rate, and it starts kind of messing with his eyes because he's looking at it all day. He starts getting these headaches. And so this guy's walking home from work one day 
And he's looking around, and he's just seeing all these little things everywhere. He's almost like little spirits. And they're connected to everything. And he thinks, well, shoot, you know, no one else is seeing this. I've never heard about this. My eyes just must be playing tricks on me. It must be that holographic stuff. It must be I'm just too tired. Maybe I'm just, you know, hungry. I don't know. But, but then he starts realizing that, no, these things are real. This is actually happening. No one else can see it but him. And they're everywhere, and they're influencing everything. And as the story goes on, he starts understanding that these things, they bring about all the good in this world, and they bring about all the bad. And so he, he sees these patterns, and he sees, and, and, he, and he wonders, well, gosh, maybe I can influence these things. Maybe I can make them so that they're better. Maybe they don't have to do these bad things. Maybe they can just keep doing good things. So he does that. He influences them, and he starts having an impact on them. And all the bad things start going away. But the strangest thing happens. Love starts going away, too. Relationships start dying. Selfishness starts rising. Because no one needs to help each other. No one needs to reach out. Everyone has everything they want. Everything's simple. Everything's easy. It all becomes about me. It all becomes about pleasure. And so growth stops. Relationships stop. And he starts seeing that, oh my gosh, these good things, they're not that good. <laughs> but these bad things, these awful things, they bring such a magic. They bring something that's so beautiful. They bring out something that is so great. Way better than this good stuff. Now, the cool thing about my friend is that, okay, he's telling me this story, and then he tells me, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, not, I'm not really a Christian or anything. I'm not really spiritual. But something certainly changed his life a few years ago, and it was awesome. So he had a situation where his wife wasn't supposed to be able to have kids. He wasn't supposed to be able to have a family. The doctors told him that it was medically impossible for them to have a child. And He's got a baby daughter. It happened. And something in him changed when that happened. He recognized that it couldn't have just been an accident. It, this, everything in this world can't just be an accident. Something bigger is out there. Something bigger. Something that brought about a miracle in my life. And so I don't think that that story was his own creation. I think that story was God reaching out to him, trying to teach him something, trying to teach him the same thing that God's been teaching me. So speaking of God teaching me, if you were to ask my friends and family, probably most of those people right back there sitting uh, who came here today, which thank you, by the way, for coming. It's awesome. If you were to ask them what they think of me, they'd probably tell you I'm a pretty nice guy. They'd probably tell you that I'm a pretty generous guy. That, you know, yeah, I, I share my stuff. And uh, I'm normally pretty happy and go lucky and stuff. But I'm actually very, very selfish. When it comes to my time, it is my time. It is me time. I am a guy. I need time to go and do my guy things. I need to play some video games from time to time. I need to go and sit in a room and tinker with stuff. I need to play. 
And that is my time. That is me. I have earned that. I'm a man. Okay, now that's obviously garbage. <laughs> I see the guys clapping. Yeah, yeah. We feel that way, right? Like we totally feel that way. Yeah, exactly. How's that working out for you? Not so good. Turns out that I have a lot of growth there. A lot of growth. Hmm. So, um, so I've been recognizing that through, through our marriage. I've been recognizing that there's a lot of selfishness there that needs to be dealt with. But that aside, if you were to ask my wife what she thinks of me, she'd, she'd tell you that she's very proud of me. She would beam with pride. She beams with pride every time she talks about me. And honestly, you know, like, I've got a really great life. Things have been going really well for me. I've got a really great job. I've, I've been getting promotions. I've been getting raises. I've been doing really well there. I'm, I'm pursuing a better education. I'm, I'm working really hard there. She's helping me a whole bunch there. And, you know, we've got great family, great friends. For all intents and purposes, I'm very much succeeding in life. So she's very proud of me for that. But I think earlier in this year, I wasn't doing a lot that was... That I, I wasn't doing a lot that really earned that pride. I wasn't doing a lot, in my mind, that felt like that pride was justified. It was really pretty sour. I mean, we came out of this awesome, awesome time off with friends and family, and I, you know, I got this huge break from work. It was so great. But then I had to go right back into the grind, and I was in this position at work where, yes, things have been going really well for me, but it was very ambiguous. We were doing another reorg. It's Microsoft. Reorg every, like, five minutes. And uh, so I was just, I was really frustrated with what was going on there. And, and I was taking that home with me. And I was being very irritable. And I was being very cranky. And I wasn't being very kind. And then the Holy Spirit started really weighing on me. And this was a night just about maybe a month ago. And I just felt like this is not me. I'm not supposed to be this way. I'm not supposed to be this way. I'm not supposed to take home this crankiness. I'm not supposed to be a guy who, who has that built-up frustration. I'm not supposed to be a man that yells at God's daughter. I'm not that guy. I wasn't created to be that. I'm not supposed to do that. And so the Holy Spirit was weighing on me so heavily that I just... I felt so ashamed and I felt so sad and I felt so sorry. And I came out to my wife and I just got down on my knees and I said, sweetie, I'm so sorry. I'm messed up. I'm broken. I'm making a lot of mistakes. You don't deserve this. You deserve so much better and I need prayer. I need serious prayer. And she reached out and she grabbed my face and through these beautiful glistening eyes. She smiled, and she just said, I am so proud of you. And she was more proud of me in that moment than she has ever been for any of those other things I've ever done. Way more proud of me. Getting a raise at work, nothing. Getting a promotion, nothing. Getting a bachelor's degree and all that stuff, nothing compared to the pride that was in her eyes that moment. And that felt so good. And, and what did it come from? Me bending a knee. Me getting humble. 
me getting real and admitting and just saying that I'm dependent on God. I'm dependent on prayer. I can't do this. I can't do it alone. I can't do it without him. And so if you remember last week, you know, Kurt's talk about how we guys, we've, we've got this position and we've got to bend a knee and we've got to get humble and how we can learn from our wives. Well, let me tell you what I learned from my wife this week. I was talking to her about this sermon. I was telling her about these, this dream stuff. And so I asked her about her dreams because I hadn't done that in a while. But I asked her about her dreams. And you know what she said? I'm not bound to dreams. She said, I'm free from dreams. I don't have to stress about kids in five years. I don't have to stress about getting this job that I, that's my dream job. I don't have to stress about trying to do everything right to get an Oscar. Because she doesn't know what's coming tomorrow. She doesn't know what God's going to bring. But she trusts it. She knows that she can't do it without God. And she knows that it's going to be so much better. She knows that God's dream for her is way better than anything she could have dreamed for herself. And she wants that. So she's not bound to her dreams. I want that. I don't want the stress of trying to live up to a dream. Because I know I can't do it without God. And I know that with God, anything is possible. And so certainly, you know, maybe we will have kids one day. And maybe it won't be, you know, the traditional way. Maybe it won't be, you know, what, what we had imagined in our heads. But if that's what God's will is for us, and if he thinks that, you know, I could make it as a dad, and believe me, Catherine would be an unbelievable mom. I know it'll happen, because that's, that's God. He's bigger, he's better, his way is so much better. And you know what he did? During that same conversation, when Catherine was telling me that, when I was learning that from my bride, let's see here. Um, I want to get you the, I want to show this up on the screen here. Um, okay, so I'll get there in just a second. So what was so amazingly cool was, as we were having this conversation, and she's telling me this about, about her dreams, suddenly this song pops on in the living room. It was the weirdest thing. So Catherine had been using our, our Xbox to watch YouTube or something, and uh, I think the Kinect must have been on, and it must have been listening to us, because freakishly, a video just started playing. And, and we were like, what the heck? I specifically said Xbox mute. What is going on here? And... And it just, the video started playing, and, it, and the volume was there, and it was loud, and, and we looked at each other, and we kind of started laughing, like, what is going on? This is a little weird. This is a little creepy. And we went into the, into the room, and it's this soft melody, this beautiful song, and you, God would just, he, he did such, this, this was incredible. So look at the lyrics for this song that came on. Um, let me make sure I got this up here. Okay, so yeah. So, so this song came on. It's by Stephanie uh, Frizzle, and it's a song called Closer. And it's a worship song. It's a song that she sings to, to God. And it says, Your love has ravished my heart and taken me over, and all I want is to be with you forever. So pull me in a little closer. Take me a little deeper. I want to know your heart. I want to know your heart. Because your love is so much sweeter than anything I've ever tasted. I want to know your heart. I want to know your heart. That just popped on freakishly. There's over 2 billion videos on YouTube. I think there might be over 3 billion now. And that popped on. 
because of something that Catherine and I were saying that maybe Connect picked up. Maybe that's just coincidence. But that blew me away. I want God's way, and I want his dreams for me. And so that question that God popped into my head two years ago, that question of do you want her to be everything I created her to be or not? I want to be everything God created me to be. I want it his way. I want it from him. And I think he's asking all of us that same question. And I think that if sometimes it's great to pursue a dream. If God puts something on your heart, definitely pursue it by all means. But if it's a stress, if it's a weight, give it up. God's way is better. So in Jesus' precious holy name, Lord, we are so grateful. We're so grateful for your way, and we're so grateful that it is so much better than ours. We put our trust and our faith in you, God. We don't want to be these independent guys who puff up, who say that, yeah, we're big and strong and mighty. We can do it in our own strength. That's not your image of a man, God. Your image of a man is Jesus, a man who was dependent, who was seeking the Father in all things, giving us the perfect example. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, let us follow after your heart. If there is something that's bogging us down, that's weighing us down, that's a stress in our life, let us drop it at your feet and let us say that your way is better. And Lord, just while we're still in prayer, we do lift up Catherine to you and we do say, despite the incredible wisdom and truth that was just spoken about your will being better, we also know that you want us to remain fast in your will to heal. Amen. And in Jesus' name, God, we just speak as the authority that we've been given and say, Catherine, be healed. Body, soul, and spirit, and utterly. Yes, God. We speak it, and we believe it, and we trust it. But God, in the spirit of this sermon, which is just so amazing, we just come before you, and we ask you to teach us that truth. We want to become everything that you wanted us to be. And we understand that sometimes things that we don't think are good are used by you in order to bring us to things that are, that are just magnificently better. So in Jesus' holy and precious name, thank you, God. Bring us into the fullness of what you just communicated through Jeff right now. God, let every person here start to reform their theology and start to rethink their dreams so that all of these things are placed on your altar where you can burn them up as you would and you can refine out what is wood, hay, and stubble, what is impurities that are sullying the things that you want and that you can take what is left and make it into pure gold and pure silver. Yes, 